Hey, it's Ryan Rosillo. This is the Ryan Rosillo Podcast, the Ringer Podcast Network. We're going to have John Ritchie on, former co-worker at ESPN, now has a show in Philadelphia. Uh, he's awesome. So we're going to talk some football with him, hopefully get a couple of good stories out of it. We get a little life advice and just a just a sprinkle of hoops for you off the top. It's the Ryan Rosillo Podcast presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs and FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming, so please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 and older, 18 plus in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. Modelo knows it's not about whether you win or lose. It's about cheering louder, traveling further. It's about showing up no matter what. Because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. An ice-cold reward. Rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Okay, John Ritchie in a little bit. Life advice at the back end. Here we are, four teams in. Love that Brady game. How'd you feel about that Brady game there, Kyle? I'm proud of my guy. I'm proud of my guy. I'm going to tell you, made me rethink the entire Tom and Bill rankings. Really? Just that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. We're over here. I was just going through all sorts of charts and, and whatnot. I, you know, I'm not I'm not sure if we came to any kind of conclusion, but let's just say a lot of thought has, has gone into just kind of where where Tom is now as a quarterback. You know, I wasn't sure before Sunday, but that kind of performance. Th- there's some crazy stuff there with Breeze. Like I I will admit, um, I was probably defiant about Breeze. This is something I said on the podcast on on Saturday because I did um, some stuff with Kevin Ringer for the NFL. Uh, the Ringer NFL show, right? And I can be late to anoint, but I'm also a little late to dismiss with with athletes. Um, I don't know if I do that to normal people. That would be weird, I guess. But like, I don't know about this guy. Uh, so, you know, with Rodgers playing the way he's playing this year and just how filthy it was at times against the Rams, you're you're watching that and you're thinking, Okay, well, this is why I don't give up on this guy. Because like, there's every time I think of something, and this is annoying because it's my job, but everything is always a segment. Everything, every time something happens, I'll say, and actually, Van Pelt is one of the funnier arguments we get into because he just gets so sick of me saying it all the time. But he was right to be annoyed with me, but I was right about the deal. Is like something would happen, an accomplishment would happen, and I'd say, okay, but what's the topic? What's the actual talking point to this? And so if you were looking at Rogers and you were saying, okay, some of these numbers are declining. And then I would immediately say, okay, but what now is the segment? And I know that we've probably everybody that we've had on, whether I had Dilfer on Sando, who does a great job with different statistics and tracking the stuff and the tier things and all that. Um, everyone that we've had on that we respect a lot with the NFL, I would always ask, okay, well, what, what is it about Rogers though? What do these numbers actually mean? Because I felt like in some circles it was almost being sold as you want to be off of Rogers. Like he actually is declining that much. And that's he's the kind of guy where I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't know that I can do that. And it worked out. Whereas Breeze, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay, you know, he still makes great decisions. There's some numbers there that make you think he's been really good this year um, because he's mistake free. That did not happen against Tampa. Uh Tampa ran. I was I always like looking at man and zone breakdowns. Tampa ran a ton of man defense, and they basically were saying to the Saints, you need to beat our guys on these deep routes, and you can't. And they didn't, and Thomas gave you nothing. And then you have the turnover game play out the way it did. So, you know, one of those games where I'm like, oh, this is this is different than Rodgers. This is where I'm like, you know what, Rodgers, we were all smart. All of us that were really smart knew he still had it in him. It's not like he's a hundred years old here. And then I felt just this dumb looking at Breeze. And I, I'll admit, like the last month or so, and not even with the ribs, probably look before that, I shouldn't even say a month or so, but I know that I personally was kind of like, yep, he doesn't make a ton of mistakes, but man, it's it's tough to threaten any defense that's really good. And here they were. They still had a chance in this game, which is which is probably the craziest thing. Um, the top three quarterbacks in QBR still alive, and then Tom Brady. 
So Rogers, Mahomes, um, and Josh Allen, and then Brady's ninth. So there you go. Uh, we're going to do more on that. All right. I want to talk a little bit about the Brooklyn Nets because I was excited to watch that Nets game. A uh, little afternoon basketball here out on the West Coast. And hey, we know it's going to look good. Okay. We know that, that Harden, despite all of my stuff and over the years of, of talking about him as a player, where I, I feel pretty justified in everything I've said about him. There's no, there's no part of me that will be like, okay, but I, because I don't like him necessarily, like this isn't going to work. I was surprised. I guess I'm, 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 when I look at reactions, I'll go, wait, what did you think Harden and Durant were going to look like? Do you think it was going to look bad? Like, do you think they weren't going to score? Well, of course they're going to score. Um, but they played the Orlando Magic. All right. And it was actually a close game. And the Magic are missing some guys. So when I look at this Nets, part of it and, and the recency of it, uh, there's just a lot of like, oh, yeah, well, that's it. Nets coming out of the East. I saw a lot of that. A lot of it from from people I've worked with. And I was surprised because I just, I'm like, that's that's giving a Nets team with some serious questions about the makeup of the team. The Kyrie part where he's still not back yet. Um, that That's just not going to go away. Like that, that part of it, Kyrie alone is enough to temper expectations. So this is two things. I'm not saying the Nets can't come out of the East. I'm not saying they won't come out of the East. I'm saying this, this reaction of an eight and six team that doesn't play any defense, who has a star who doesn't really seem to want to play basketball and Harden, who, you know, let's face it, you know what you're going to get. You're going to, you're going to win some games the regular season. You're going to put up a ton of numbers. Um, but to just say they're going to come out of the East and Devin defensively, uh, we'll see how this looks. We'll see what happens, how much the Harden part of it changes. Harden had that new car smell in that game. It was actually really, really funny. The first four times he touched it, he passed it before he took a shot. So it was like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, look at me, look at me passing the dudes out here. And look, he's always been an incredible passer. He was, he was actually great. And then, um, defensively, I think the first time he was used in a screen, he fought real hard, <laughs> got through it, steal. And, uh, you know, it's like, okay. And then it was the Nets broadcast team too. So it's Ian Eagle and, and, um, and Kustak who are terrific. And there's this announcer rule with Harden where you have to do the, um, I'll use the terrible word narrative here because it, it plays out perfectly. But the, hey, you know, Harden's actually um, a great post defender. You're like, yeah, yeah. All of those times where Harden is in the post over the course of a game, like somehow the two times he gets posted up and holds his own, that's enough to like make up for all the other bullshit that he does. So look, he's going to be super engaged in the beginning. I don't care what it looks like at game 10. Let me know what it looks like game 50. Let me know where Kyrie's at. Defensively, they're middle of the pack in the NBA right now. They're 15th. That's not a death sentence by any means. Denver last year was 16th. Houston was 15th. Houston, when they went small, it wasn't really about their defense, uh, although the Lakers are a terrible matchup for them, um, as it was their rebounding. Their rebounding was atrocious. They couldn't get any rebounds. So um, that's it. It's, it's not an anti-Nets thing. It's a, a tad bit of confusion about just penciling them in to the NBA Finals when I think there are other really good teams in the East. I mean, Boston's getting Kemba back, and they were flirting with the best record in the league. That's that's crazy to me. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But we know it's going to look good. We knew they were going to score points. But let's, I don't know, we get a couple more games, not against the Magic under our belt. That's all I'm asking. This episode is supported by State Farm. So look, a little rock hit your dude's windshield on the highway. And at first you're like, what is that? I'm like, oh, it's just a little mark. Nope. Now by the end of the ride, it's a big crack. And it had been a while. So I check out the State Farm app. I go, hey, this is what happened. And the funny thing is, is I was like, do I want to go app first or do I call old school guy? Probably should call. I was like, let's check out the app. Not only did it take a minute to get done, they set up the glass replacement. They told me the estimate ahead of time, said, you want to go ahead with it? And I was like, now I understand it's all in front of me, all done. I don't even have to talk to anybody. That's how efficient the insurance game has become. But really, the only words you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can 
Talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need. Have coverage options to protect the things you value most. File a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, just like I did. And even reach a real person when you need to talk to somebody. The app was so good, I didn't even need to do that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode of the Ryan Rosilla podcast is brought to you by McDonald's. McDonald's french fries changed my life. They taught me to want. They taught me the taste of anticipation. There's no wrong way to eat a french fry from McDonald's. Unless you're eating my french fries. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. John Ritchie, seven years in the league. Eight playoff games. Quite the resume. Uh, now with Joe DeCamera on WIP in Philadelphia. What's up, man? I'm really fired up to talk to you. We had a reconnection Hi, recently. Yeah, we were, we were buds. And then I was like, what happened to Richie? So Yeah, well, I, I sort of relocated uh, jobs and a couple times and uh, we lost touch and I got back in touch with my voice twin after all these years. <laughs> and I don't really think we're voice twins. But I don't it think seems so. Like, it seems like a lot of people believe that we are. Yeah. Well, I, Sorry. uh, no, 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 that's, that's fine. I don't, yeah. The voice twin. whenever anybody was like, Hey, you guys look like each other too. And I'm like, do we, so who should be offended by that one? Um, yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, I know. all right, let's uh, let's start with the games. Okay, I said this off the top. Like, I love, I love trying to figure out. Okay, what are they doing defensively? And to see what the Saints were doing, or excuse me, what Tampa was doing against the Saints with their coverage. Like, is that something immediate? You're like, okay, so now we're going to have to run some man beaters. We got to figure this out, and then it never happens. Like, there is this number I saw for Breeze, where Breeze threw. So 26% open receivers, which is the lowest rate he's had in like five years. Like they just, nobody was beating anybody on any of these routes. Like, do you know that? Are you able, when you're in that kind of game, like what are the keys? What are some of the things you're looking for being like, okay, this is what they're going to try to do against us? Well, you you have a great idea what tendencies look like. I'm not sure what the tendencies were heading into that game, but that's, that's an incredible number that you bring up. Uh, and if you have a quarterback who can't, who can't drive the ball in there, uh, against tight coverage, then you are left where the saints were left in, in the lurch to some degree, uh, that I don't know how they come up with numbers like that though, Ryan, like that, like who actually dictates the 26% covered or uncovered? Like that seems a little subjective to me. I I know that when you play a guy like Tom Brady, when you play a guy like Drew Brees, you're going to try to throw all sorts of combo coverages out there to try to give him something that he's he's seen it all. That you can't invent something he hasn't seen. So you try to throw stuff out there that maybe he's seen less or if you feel like you uh have the personnel that can just flat out out play uh his his personnel his receivers which i guess they were able to do you go that route um that that's amazing to me though uh it it's such a it's not reinventing the wheel when you're playing coverage in the nfl you're you're doing what you can with the personnel that you've got from a defensive perspective I'm um, I'm always amazed when an older quarterback like these legendary quarterbacks go out there and look like they're hesitant. And, and Drew looked like he was hesitant to push the ball downfield. Now, I don't know what the reason was for that. I don't know if that's once upon a time he had his shoulder reconstructed before he landed in, in New Orleans. And now He's got arthritic change in there, and so he can't physically do what he once did. I don't know if that's because he's not 100% certain he, his receivers are, uh, are going to do the right thing. I don't know if that's because he's not clear on the coverage itself. So I got to go back and look at uh, the details on that one. But a fascinating game. Uh, my, my favorite game of the day. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, of the weekend, I should yeah. say. 
no, same deal. Um, do you see enough from Tampa to have a read on on them against Green Bay? Yeah, I think they're not good enough. I mean, I I kind of I don't want to jump the gun on this one and and say there's just no way that the ball will bounce their way again like it did against the Saints because they they took fate by the horns. I mean, they they manufactured their own destiny by by playing great defense, but I do not believe you will get multiple takeaways against uh, this this Packers offense. And I could be proven wrong, but people seem to just completely discount the weather thing too. It sucks. It's, it sucks so bad playing in, <laughs> in the cold. I, and, and those Green Bay guys, they hate it too. But at least they're used to it and they know what to expect heading in. Like, it's so stingy. Like, just catching a ball is all stingy and you're like, oh, man, I hate that. You try hitting people when it's cold like that. Tampa, they, they don't know what's about to come their way. And, uh, you know, I, I experienced it myself uh, when I got to Philadelphia. You know, we'd be playing in the postseason. And I would have much rather played in a dome. I, I'll play on the road. I don't care. I, just take me where it's not minus five degrees because this makes me hurt so much worse. There's more mental toughness that comes into this thing than people realize. And uh, Green Bay just has a real advantage there. Green Bay is a better team. They have, they finally, you know, once again have balance offensively. Aaron Rodgers is just untouchable and they they've got cold weather on their side i i think it's yeah a, a done deal the packers are going to be in the super bowl okay you had andy reed that 2003 philly team you were uh you were talking about that so you had him um you beat green bay you lost to carolina carolina went on to play obviously the super bowl um it's i can't believe how long ago that was i mean this is this kind of blows yeah. my mind you haven't played in like 15 years uh yeah 16 which That's is cr- well that is crazy isn't it i couldn't yeah, believe I, it when i was looking at it. i'm like wait this dude hasn't played since 04 <laughs> yeah well i played in i played in camp in 05 and i wasn't good enough to make a team anymore and my body broke down which uh, camp were you in i was in phillies i was yeah. i thought i was going to be the fullback and, and they cut you yeah andy called me up and eh, we're gonna go ahead and cut you we're going to go ahead and release you. What did Man, he say? I, I, to, I was totally blindsided. Uh, that's what he said. Oh, we're going we're gonna to go ahead and release you. <laughs> we, don't, we, don't think you're, we don't think your knee's where it needs to be. And the other guy's younger and he's cheaper. And, you know, well, great. So I went to Cincinnati and failed my physical there and it was done. <laughs> were, yeah. you, were you done? Was, was he right about your knee? Uh, unceremonious. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was right. It, when I was in Cincinnati, they put, they x-rayed my reconstructed shoulder and my reconstructed knee. And uh, the doctor put the x-rays up there on the, you know, whatever, the light board. And I said, wow, I've never seen x-rays that have all these colors on them. What is this? Is this new technology? He said, that's Sharpie marker where I've circled all the crap that's wrong with you. We know you've been playing, but we don't know how you've been playing. Like you're jacked up. We're we're not even going to take you to the the facility. We're taking you back to the airport. Like you're not playing football. <laughs> so I called the uh, I called it off. I called the my my agent and said I want to be able to play with my my son, uh, who's now going to be 16 in a couple days uh, when. I'm 40 years old and I guess I can, I mean, I can, I can throw the ball and shoot hoops and do all that stuff with them. So it paid off. And I do wonder, I do wonder if it was all for the best that my body broke down before my brain did hope, you know, fingers, fingers crossed, uh, that I, I hope that I was able to preserve some of the, you know, the brain cells and I didn't set myself up for future atrocities and, and, you know, brain problems. I do, I worry about that a lot. I know you do. And I know we've talked about it in the past too. Um, 
was, I think the last discussion we had about it, like, wasn't there a chance that you could get screened for it? And you were like, I just don't want to know. I was afraid. Yeah. I was afraid to find out. Um, I have since been doing, uh, you know, been proactive, especially about my nutrition and, uh, just getting all the testing done, staying on top of it. And I'm, I'm good. I'm good so far, but it's, yeah, it's, it's the thing that scares me the most is that, you know, a guy like Kevin Turner, who was, when I got to, when I got to Oakland, uh, you know, John Gruden's first year as head coach in Oakland, he put in the tapes of Kevin Turner, his previous fullback and said, do what Kevin Turner does. Uh, you know, like here's 93 week, do it exactly like Kevin Turner. Here's 14 counter halfback away. Do it exactly like Kevin Turner. Kevin Turner uh, passed away, you know, from, from ALS. Uh, he was like a hero of mine. The guy was an awesome fullback, but he was asked to do the same stuff that I did in the same offense for the same guy for, you know, about the same period of time. And so I, I worry about the causality uh, and the, you know, the side effects of, of what we did to ourselves. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I think there was one game you told me you rammed into like another linebacker in in John's offense. Like it was like seventy snaps. You just plowed no. in. What was no, it? No, this was this was uh, like two thousand or two thousand. I think it was two thousand. We played. We came back to Philadelphia, so I got to play. You know, back in my home state against the Eagles, and we had to run the ball fifty times. It, it and a good majority of those were lead ISOs, which is crazy. Like you might see one lead ISO I know, in an NFL right? game today because it's stupid. It's a stupid concept. Hey, we're going to take two guys. You both weigh 250 pounds. We're going to line you up like 10, 12 yards from each other. Both run as fast as you can and jam your heads together. Okay. Now do it 50 times. <laughs> And the thing, and, and, uh, yeah, that game was crazy. And their, their Mike linebacker was Jeremiah Trotter, who is a monster. Yeah. Uh, Trot, I don't even think he made it out for the second half of that game. Now he probably had something else going on, but, uh, I, it, it was brutal. When I got to Philadelphia as a free agent, that's the game. All the players who were Eagles for that game, they wanted to talk about it and say like, man, you guys kicked our asses. You ran the ball up and down the field on us. And I was like, you kicked my ass. I mean, granted it was, uh, we got the better on the scoreboard. It was 20 to 10. But when I got home, uh, people looked me in the eyes and said, you just took five years off your life with the glazed look. Uh, you did something wrong to your, your head by bashing it into all those people. Did you, uh, did you like playing for Andy more than John or the other way around? Oh, well, I mean, that's, boy, that's a loaded question, isn't it? I, I, it's not, yeah, it's probably (laughs) crap. I just, sorry. I just threw my phone. I got so flustered with that. Uh, Andy, I played for Andy for, for two seasons, for, for two and a half years, uh, grew drafted me. Yeah. Uh, I played for grew for four years and then he left, you know, when he got traded to Tampa. So I played for grew like twice as long. I probably got to know him a little bit better. I'll tell you, it was Andy Reed was amazing. And he, is what is it? What is it about him? Legend. Yeah. What? Cause I, I like happy that Andy has one now because Andy was always in the group of really good coach, good system, yeah. but you know, he's not good at these things. And then all of a sudden all those criticisms go away when you magically win one. But I'm always kind of yeah. like interested in having you explain in further detail of why a guy like Andy Reed is so revered. Some guys command respect just because uh, the way their demeanor, the way they carry themselves. Um, Andy Reid is a guy that everyone, everyone adores because you know, he's gonna, he's gonna have your back as a player. He's always going to blame, take all the blame. Uh, You know, he'll never sell you out. 
But the way things were set up, you know, when he was in Philadelphia, he was wearing a lot of hats. I mean, he was the head coach and, and you know, running things in the front office for the most part. And uh, he, he was a great delegator, but he did a great job of bringing the right guys, right guys in, uh, great assistant coaches, as you can see. I mean, they're all, a lot of them are head coaches now, it seems like, and having success. but. He was terse. Uh, there wasn't a lot of over uh, over verbalization. He wasn't getting flowery with it. If he said a couple words, you knew that they had they carried weight. And when he was standing down at the at the other end of the field during an offensive period, and you caught a ball and, and ran close to him, and he said some things to you, you know, you remembered those things. He was, he was always observing. He was always, uh, I mean, a brilliant offensive mind who, who customized his offense to the skill players that, that he had available. So we appreciated that about him. But he's just a, a guy who wouldn't, he never asked you to do too much, like more than, than he would do himself. You know, I guess as a former college player, he sort of, understood that dynamic better than some coaches do and and guys trusted him and and he's a he's a likable man uh he he's he's good with people despite the fact that he keeps you know he he's one for brevity with the talking part of things he's 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 honest and uh just a, a guy that we all respected a whole lot and you know like when he held my now 16 year old son went the year we went to the Super Bowl. Uh, it, it meant a lot to me. It, 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 there's like a father figure thing that sort of takes over with Andy Reed because you know how much he cares about you as a player, but you know, more, it, it's more family oriented. It feels like family with Andy. And that's not to say I, I, I don't think that the great things about John Gruden. I, I love Drew, uh, and and always will. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it came off uh, like that at all. So uh, yeah, I yeah. just think the the Andy part of it. You know, people in Philly were were over him. You know, they were just like, all right, it's it's time to move on. And then I, you know, knowing everything that he was going through personally, I kind of was like, gosh, this guy's not going to take any kind of break. But sometimes people need work to be healthier, um, yeah. as opposed to you know, because he was going through to lose a son the way he lost a son. And then he went right back into it. And, and honestly, like it was a, it was a decision at the time. I was like, man, this, I don't know. I don't know about this, but then I didn't, yeah. maybe I didn't realize I, you know, I don't know the guys, so I'm just on the outside guessing, but he's, uh, he's right back at it. And I, I kind of loved what happened yesterday with Henny in that they didn't really change the offense. You know, it was, yeah. it was, look, it's going to be changed because it's not Mahomes, but they didn't screw around. Like they weren't apologizing for having the lead and then having Henny in no. there. They were still trying to play football. So he believes in his guys. I mean, you wouldn't, he, he wouldn't have you on that team if he didn't trust you could do the, the job description. Uh, he doesn't view it as a major drop off. Uh, I would, that's for sure. I mean, I wouldn't have trusted me the way he trusted me as a player. And uh, it was amazing. I got there to Philadelphia and he would say things like, you know, we're going to get you the ball. I'm going to get you the ball down near the goal line. You're never going to score so many touchdowns as you score here with the Philadelphia Eagles. And he was right. I mean, I, I scored a few touchdowns. It's not like I, I was blowing it up. But he actually honored that statement. I played fullback. I mean, I got to catch the first touchdown from Donovan McNabb at the link. That's a real honor. You know, because Andy made it happen i amazingly i just i think the world of him and i'm i'm so glad that he's got a chance to win another and another and another he deserves it do you think you would fit in at buffalo like if you would have had played there that seems like you should have played <laughs> for buffalo the raiders is too perfect uh, for you though because it's you know whether it's your love of mastodon and knowing that like okay raiders like john richie yeah that, that makes now, sense the way, there the, the raiders felt right that's for sure uh man the bills you know sean mcdermott another guy i mean he was he was in philly uh as an assistant when when i was playing here 
that guy meant business. That guy, I never saw him smile. I mean, he was like, <laughs> guys would mess with him all the time. Like just, just trying to, trying to like make sure he was human. Sean McDermott was like a cyborg when back in the day, but uh, he's another guy. I mean, he learned from Andy and, and, you know, Ron Rivera, another one, these guys, they know what they're doing, but yeah, it seems like Buffalo's having an awful lot of fun. And uh, you know, the, the quarterback uh, seems to be a big reason why. I mean, he wasn't he talking about how, you know, he, he loves the, the area. He loves it. He's been, just, yeah. He goes, I don't want traffic, you know, or any of that stuff. Like I wanted to go to a small town and that's yeah. just the best. Like if you're a Buffalo fan and you get to hear that as opposed to the, cool. the NBA, the NBA, you'd be like, should we trade him now for two firsts? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I sort of agree with, that. I mean, I wish I, I could have done without the traffic in the Bay area and Philadelphia. I mean, it's uh, the bane of my existence. And the anchor bar up there in Buffalo is pretty legit. I don't know if you've I've been never there. been off. I've never been to Buffalo. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, I've you, been almost uh, everywhere, but you know, if there's not a college town for, you know, football yeah. or something, those are the places I haven't been. San Antonio's another one. I haven't been to San Antonio. I'm, I'm with you on that. Buffalo, you should, you should check out the anchor bar and then you can go to Niagara Falls, which was very underwhelming. To me, I heard. Yeah, I mean, I saw that it wasn't like Jim and Pam got married there. I know. Yeah, I do remember Superman. Superman, or was it two? No, I think it was one. Superman. No, it was two. I I think it is. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I'm I'm with you. It doesn't feel like one. Where the kids hanging? Look. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't look like that at all. It was one third the size of what I expected. Which was that's not cool. No, it wasn't. This isn't great. Majestic. The Chamber of Commerce is going to hate this podcast out there. (laughs) They're going to be like, hey, guys, take it easy. I just couldn't tell. Like, has it worn down since they filmed (laughs) Superman? Like, is this just erosion? Because it looks nothing like Superman's Niagara Falls. It's a lot of questions. What's going on? What what are some of your other questions about topography that you wanted to touch Mm. on? What city? Which city have you not been to that you want to go to? Uh, what? Uh, I, I want to go to Scotland. You know, like that's my family is from. So I guess, I don't know, Edinburgh. Yeah, uh, you don't. Uh, you just said Scotland. That's fine. Glasgow. Glasgow. Uh, that's what Richie is. Richie used to be Mac Richie. And we had like a clan and stuff. Dude, you look now, like you're still in a clan. I mean, if there's anyone that, yeah. So I, I do. I have a kill. I'm dying to go to Scotland because I'd like to retrace, you know, the ancestry or whatever. That'd be pretty cool. Uh, but also, San Antonio, I hear, is great. Uh, I've I've not been to Austin, and they've got an awesome music scene. So I'd like to go to Austin. So basically. Texas and Scotland are my next destinations. Okay, that's cool. Maybe. Right. No, actually, they're not because I'm not going to go anywhere because uh, <laughs> I love I love uh, our show and that's Monday through Friday and I have a 10 year old and a 14 year old and a 16 year old so I we're staying put. Got school. I got one in elementary, one in middle, and one in high school. Just have the high school guy keep track of it and you go to Scotland. Just walk around. Start say, ramming, ramming into hold, trees. Hold down the fort. I'll throw the caber. I'll do some caber tossing over there. That's in right. Caber tossing. That yeah. looks easier on TV than I bet it is. It does not seem that that challenging. But, you but I bet to it is. Get it to land. You have to get it to land like perfectly up and down. That's yeah. the trick. Like I know I can toss that thing. Yeah, I, but I, I don't know if I would be able to aim it properly. This is one of my favorite stories from you. I don't want you to share it with everybody. Um, the snow game at New England, tuck rule. Uh, take us through the end of that and your your celebration, which was not a celebration in uh, the locker room. Celebration? So, no. Well, that was un- that was unbelievable. That, that was the year of 9-11. And uh, so there were a lot of... Traveling that season was a lot different than it had been previously. Uh, you know, a lot more precautionary steps. 
And we're going the whole way across the country. We never should have been playing in New England to begin with because that year we had uh, blown the last game of the regular season against the Jets. I remember so that. we lost out on the first round by. We, we should have been at home uh, throughout. but You lost your we, last three games. You were 10-3. and three. Really? See, I, I didn't remember that detail. But we just, I don't know, no one showed up against the Jets. We played them the very following week in Oakland again and just blew them out. And then we had to head uh, to, this was the last game at the old Foxborough, the tuck rule game. Uh, it was, I'd never played in conditions that were that frozen. I mean, like before the game, it was like permafrost. That field was, it was it was frozen solid, rock hard. So we were, everyone put the, the inch long cleats and the screw in inch long cleats. And then the equipment guys sharpened the inch long cleats. So it was like, we were wearing, what are they called? Crampons. Yeah. The things that like spelunkers use for mountain climbing. Those were our mostly cleats. spelunkers. Yeah. Yeah. Which was amazing. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, to condense this, we got hosed. Everyone knows that. And what's going uh, on on the when, sideline? Cause you're going, wait, they're going to overturn this thing. Like, what do you guys talk about on the sideline? Well, we, we knew we'd won. I mean, Brady walked off the field. Every, you know, their offense left. They, they knew that they'd turned the ball over. It was a sack and, and beak recovered. Uh, or was, yeah, beak recovered. Charles gets the sack beak recovers and, and, we're going home. Like our offense is on the field. We're waiting to basically run the clock out and we're standing there, standing there, the snow's coming down and they're not restarting the game. And so then like some of the officials are wandering around. We're like, dude, what's going on here? And we hear that they're talking to New York and we have no idea why they're talking to New York. Well, okay. It was a fumble. It's none. No one knew what, tuck rule was or that there was a tuck rule no one knew that there was anything that should be deliberated we thought there was a delay with like the tv link up or something from weather i we're confused uh so when it was all said and done we lost uh for, for a lot of reasons other than just that play but uh, as it turned out there was a lot of animosity in the locker room how how last, out of control what did you guys do the last the last time anyone would ever be in that locker room. And so uh, there were no more sinks attached to the walls in that locker room somehow. I mean, but by the time we left, uh, you know, toilets that should have been attached, less attached sinks. Uh, we, I mean, we kind of, people, some people, I don't know who they might've been, did everything you could to deconstruct the locker room for the construction guys who would be in there and wrecking the locker room when they, you know, tore the stadium down. So I guess we, we just helped them along in that process of, of tearing the stadium down. And no, there were never any negative ramifications for that. I mean, we raised the locker room, like took it to the ground trashed it i mean just you guys you were telling me it was like wild animals right just you went <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i mean i vague recollection once again uh no names that i can recall but it it got very destructive and uh, i mean it was a lot of pent-up frustration and emotion and a ton of testosterone going on with the removal of fixtures and whatnot. And it, it, it was bad. It got bad. I've, I've never been, I've never seen anything like that. Sheer so destruction you've... and mayhem. <laughs> and, and the, and the, the kicker, like I said, is that we never heard anything about that. It just completely, I don't know, went away, I guess because it was the last game at the stadium and it didn't really matter. So but at some point you thought there was you were no going to get a call. Could, they, I, yeah. Like what? Hey guys, we're <laughs> fining you. You just tore the stadium apart with your bare hands. But that did not. That did not happen. Did Gruden? Did anyone? Any of the guys on the staff be like, "All right, hey, like, <laughs> dial it back a little"? Out, or guy, guys. did anyone say, "Stop destroying everything"? 
Um, again, this is this is very hazy. Uh, long, long ago. I, no, I, I don't think so. I mean, everyone was completely incensed, and it felt right, man. It just felt right, Brian. It was yeah. justice being served. I've always loved the part where you just, they were like, whatever, let it go. Let yeah. Because I don't know if every owner would have done that. The crafts just were like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, we got one over on that team. They deserve to take out a little bit of that pent-up frustration. And we're about to wreck the whole stadium in a week anyway. So we'll let it, we'll let it slide this time. Okay, last thing here. What what happened, or let's do it this way. What's going to happen with Wentz? What does the city want? Somebody, you know, as you said, hosting the show five days a week. You guys have a a better idea of the pulse. What's that like right now? It's actually, we did a poll today, and it's 49% of the city wants Carson Wentz to be back and playing quarterback for the Eagles next year. So it's 50-50 still, despite everything that's coming out. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it was a doozy just recently. Uh, Jeff McLean, uh, a writer for the, the Inquirer here in Philadelphia, just did a massive expose about how Carson essentially refused to take coaching and undermined Doug Peterson and the staff and you know, that, that he was a bigger problem than people were willing to uh, fess up to. I, I guess, I think there's still a lot of confusion as to who's most responsible for the downfall of this Eagles organization over the last couple of years. And people, there's people like me who feel like it's Howie Roseman, who has no business being a GM yet is somehow our GM with total power over every decision in that building. There are a lot of people who feel like Doug Peterson as evidenced by the fact that he's not, he's not in line next in line to take any of these head coaching jobs. I mean, you got two openings that are left and one of them's with the Eagles. He's not going to get that one. Yeah. Uh, I don't rule that one out. Yeah. uh, The, the Texans, I mean, that was rumored long ago that the Texans had interest in Doug Peterson, but you know, it doesn't seem like Doug is, uh, one of a guy who's in high demand right now. I, so there, there are those who blame Howie. There are those who blame Doug and there are those who blame Carson. And, you know, certainly it's a mixture of, of all three, but I, I, I think it's Howie's, uh, I mean, it's a joke that this man has been given the freedom to control the fate of this organization. If you ask me, but Carson was bad and we're learning every day that Carson was worse than we thought bad was because he was a terrible teammate. It sounds like he was uh, difficult to coach. He was uh, set in his ways and insistent on doing things the easy way for him, which is pretty messed up because it goes against everything we were told about this guy. So uh, sort of flip a coin right now. It sounds like this, uh, you know, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman. Oh, we found out that Jeffrey, that Howie Roseman was setting the game day actives and inactives, which is crazy. What, like, what new coach wants to come into a situation where he doesn't even get to say who's up and who's down? Uh, there's so much to talk about with the the way that this organization fell from grace over a very short period of time. And uh, Carson Wentz seems to be the major villain uh, in a lot of people's eyes. Well, he and Howie Roseman were sort of in cahoots on this whole thing where Carson could circumvent Doug's authority by going to Howie Roseman, the mathlete GM. So this, uh, this isn't getting solved anytime soon, but it sounds like we might be Josh McDaniels in it up, uh, according to all those who are in the know, which could be good because it could Carson to actually have to be accountable for the first time in a few years. Yeah. The Carson thing has been a weird timeline, man. And then, you know, you, you, eventually you have to just sort of give in to the reports that enough of it's around where, cause I always felt like, yeah, if, if you have a guy on a team, 
All you need to do is find like two people out of the 50 to interact with them. You can make them look bad if you want to. And earlier on, that's kind of what it felt like. It was like, oh, okay, so there's a pocket of guys in the team that don't like Carson. So now right. it's turning into Carson's this bad guy. And is that right. really accurate? Or is it just a couple guys that don't vibe with him? And then it's it's morphed to what is now. Like, there's a real problem with this guy. Like, whatever his yeah. deal is, he doesn't get it now. Um, but I'm, I am He's not, not working. Yeah, even though, you know, in the top, I said I'm, I'm very, sometimes I'm slow to dismiss players. Even with all of this, I don't know that I'm in this huge hurry to to get off of Carson because we know what he's capable of. We do. I mean, this year's yeah. a mess, but um, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's I obviously feel like, weird. I feel like if they're able to hire Josh McDaniels, who's not, you know, it, it doesn't feel like he's having teams beaten down his door either because of the whole Colts fiasco and the, ab, I mean, complete explosion in Denver when he was a head coach last time. I I do think the discipline and the approach, the, the no nonsense approach he'll take will serve Carson well, because we heard that when Frank Reich and John DeFilippo were here as offensive coordinator and his quarterback coach, they demanded more, they expected more of them. And they were the ones with experience in the league. And he was the young player. I hope that Josh McDaniel's success in this league, if he becomes the coach, will allow him to exert, uh, you know, influence and discipline on Carson, who seems to be sorely in need of of discipline. It's great to catch up with you, man. Check out John Ritchie, WIP, five days a week. And, yeah, um, 10 to you know, 2. 10 to 2. Great, great to see you and hear you, Ryan, and stay virtually in touch and i'm coming out there someday soon it looks kind of nice yeah we got a good crew out here so yeah uh, i i I need to well no i'm coming to your house i'm coming to visit a no i'm not just i'm not coming to i'm coming to your house because uh i am jealous of your life i'm trying to vicariously enjoy your life and it's difficult I mean, I'm Mr. Mom here, and you're doing uh, fun things. So I will be there as soon as I can be. Just uh, make sure there's like an extra blanket on the floor. Perfect. I've got a great spot on the floor. And I might have a 10-year-old and and 14-year-old and 16-year-old. So four blankets, please. No problem. We had a four-year-old here the other day. It was tough. I was adjusting. (laughs) I I had a... (laughs) <laughs> I had one packet of fruit snacks and I threw on Transformers for him. And no way. Transformers. That's a great choice. Yeah. I was like, what do you want to watch? He's like, Transformers. I love yeah. Transformers. They were my favorite, man. 1984. Transformers were where it was at. It's too bad you weren't here. This kid loved them. You guys would have had a lot to catch up on. Um, I know. You're right. All right, my man. Well, I miss you, man. Thank you. Take care. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. Modelo knows it's not about whether you win or lose. It's about cheering louder, traveling further. It's about showing up no matter what. Because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. An ice cold reward. Rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. You want details? Bye. I drive a Ferrari. 355 Cabriolet. What's up? I have a ridiculous house in the South Fork. I have every toy you can possibly imagine. And best of all, kids, I am liquid. So, now you know what's possible. Let me tell you what's required. Life advice, rr at gmail.com. Okay, you know what? We're going to do a couple, um, we're going to do some new new things here with the life advice. I've got a personal trainer who's a guy who's, um, He's been really cool to me over the years. I don't know that we've actually ever hung out, um, but he's an IG model, so he's wicked, wicked cool. 
Uh, <laughs> he's actually great, but he's going to come on and do life advice, um, all fitness related. All right. Cause I don't think I'm qualified to do it. And honestly, my father is so sick of hearing about people talking about me working out. He's like, I wish you were fat and out of shape. I'm so <laughs> sick of hearing about this. He's like, you're not even that impressive physically. I'm like, yeah, no more. Uh, I'm just, I'm exaggerating here a little bit. Um, and then we got Damon John this week. So do this, hit us up. You could just um, put fitness in the title. I mean, I guess you don't have to, whatever, because um, I just want to be able to sort these for Kyle the right way. But so we'll do some fitness ones um, with my guy who uh, we'll, we'll confirm it later. So I'm not going to use his name yet. But Damon John is coming on. So I don't know. Uh, he's a little different than just straight investing. I'm trying to find the right guy for that. But um, this will be maybe people starting businesses, small businesses. You know, I'll ask him about, you know, where he sees everything. Um, especially this next year, you know, Hey, you know, where are you with stocks and that kind of stuff? Cause I know a lot of people keep asking, I just, I don't feel qualified to be like, Hey, well I did this and this worked. And then here are the things that I didn't do. And then everybody just starts, you know, trying to do whatever I did. And I'm, I'm not even saying there's no guarantees. I would hate to give anyone advice. Um, I'm not going to pick stocks for you. I'm not going to do that stuff. I mean, the most basic thing ever is just make sure if you have any kind of 401k that you're kicking in because you're losing free money basically by not doing it if your company matches. So there you go. All right. Uh, here we go. Um, big fan of the show. Got a question situation. A little bit about me. 29, live in Boston, have a pretty successful career in real estate going. Side note, not a huge fan of the real estate advice you dole out, especially the mortgage stuff. Oh, okay. Well, don't quote a guy a number and then say, hey, you know, what? we're actually going to need like 30% down after you've closed. Sort of closed, but not really. Um, but I get it. I, I don't, I'm not anti every realtor and mortgage person. I've just, I've had some frustration in the past and I don't, I don't think that's, uh, you know, I'm not going to do the real estate segment. So let's keep it moving. All right, here we go. I'm a big guy, six, four, and I've always been a bigger guy, big frame, carrying my weight pretty well. Colin knows that after college, I let myself go a lot. Didn't adjust to adult life all that well. A lot of us don't. Uh, worked too much, ate poorly, never went to the gym. I ballooned up to 370, Ooh. 370. That's big. All right. He says he's down to 285 now. Diet comes and goes, but I've gotten pretty religious about going to the gym, so it's done pretty well for me. This past year since my weight loss, I've been a lot more active in the dating pool than I was before. Yeah, I got to tell you, I don't know that there's a ton of depth um, at 370 for you. Like if you're a girl and you're going to date somebody 370, that's a, that's like almost a fetish. Um, I would, yeah, I, I can't imagine. I mean, dropping a hundred pounds, you're like, all right, cause dude, 370's big. That's big. So yeah, I'm psyched. It doesn't, you know, when, whenever uh, a bigger guy is, is emailing the show being like, you know, the dating pool, you got to think about the other side sometimes in that dating pool, right? You'd be like, hey, if I weigh 370, will a ton of girls like me? Or if I weigh 100 pounds less, will there be more girls that like me? So there you go. Okay, so he's uh, crushing it. Not a ton of sustained relationships, mostly a series of hookups. Okay. Uh, I finally met a girl I really like. I knew I liked her from the jump. She's a gorgeous 25-year-old Peruvian girl who's way out of my league. Nice. We matched in a dating app. Um, in an effort to impress her, I'm worried I may have overdone things. First date was at one of the best restaurants in the city number nine park second one was one of the more expensive steakhouses girl 23 shout out i usually stay around girl 23 when i go home um things have been really really great we've been seeing each other for about two months finances aren't an issue like i said i do well my man broke down how well he does <laughs> including investment properties and, and the whatnot at 29 super proud of you all right so um but i don't think that's essential to where he is with his mortgage and tenants um to you but i'm just our guy's doing well here so he says i'm just worried that i'm setting myself up to be used i've still got the fat guy insecurity that creeps into the back of my head saying she's only with you because of your money am i overthinking this is it even the worst thing if she's tolerating me because of this it's not like i'm about to propose or anything okay um, wants to know if I've had any experiences. If somebody who's really attractive wants to date me and tell their friends he's cause he's doing all right, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I just all of us are keeping track of what the other person brings to the table. Okay. <laughs> so some are categorized as like, oh, that's kind of 
shitty, but like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like you're, you're attracted to her and that's why you're hanging out with her. And maybe if she's like, let me, let me rephrase this. I don't blame anybody for wanting to be with somebody who's successful. Right. And if, if you, by being successful, end up meeting somebody who likes you, then, you know, all you're doing is putting together your own personal portfolio of what, what positives you bring to the table. And if a good career and some money are part of it, can you blame the other person? I mean, especially in this situation, like I don't, if, I mean, what, what person would be like, I want to meet somebody broke who has no prospects. You know, what if, what if this is somebody that wanted to start a family and they go, okay, this guy's got his shit together. So if, if that's what it is, like I get, Hey, I don't want to be used. They're going to see signs. Okay. Like there's, there's times, like there was one person I remember I did it. She didn't pay for anything, like nothing ever. <laughs> and she actually did all right. Okay. But never paid for anything. If it was fucking frozen yogurt, it, she'd like have her hand out for 10. And I was like, Oh man. And I don't care. I don't care for paying for everything. I expect to, I'm older, whatever. It's not a big deal. But every now and then there are little signs you can say like, oh, okay, this person's going to be like great with money or this person's going to be terrible with money. And look, it wasn't like I was going to get married anyway. But um, first, like you said, this you're not about to propose. So if she's hanging out with you and you like hanging out with her and part of it's because you're successful, don't apologize for that. Who cares if guys are like, oh man, the only reason she's with him. Who cares? Who cares? Like the athlete that's dating somebody. Oh, the only reason she's with him is because he's an athlete. Yep. Um, the older guy with a much better looking younger girlfriend, like, oh, the only reason he's, well, yep. Yep. Cause she's hot. Exactly. Yep. I prioritize that over all the other things. Sorry. You know? So, um, don't worry about any of this stuff. Just don't, I wouldn't. And then if, you know, she has these moments where you're like getting a little thrown off and you're like, oh wait, is she going to be bad with money? I don't know. Maybe leave a hundred bucks on the dresser and see if she steals it. Just kidding. <laughs> don't do that. Okay, I uh, want to follow up with our, our bar cart guy. Um, Kyle was really excited. Kyle had an emergency Zoom meeting for potential investors. I've been thinking uh, about it. <laughs> he's been thinking about you. He did write back. He goes, thanks for reading that. Update, the ex got her own dog. So that window was closed, but she'll probably still be good friends for a long time, which I can deal with. It was her move to leave, by the way. All right. So I think we can kind of figure that out. So this is the guy that wants to either stay. We were saying, hey, move, um, that he wants to start a bar car thing. And so he said that it's even though it's in the panhandle, um, the bar's a vintage Airstream that's gutted into a bar. So Sick. that's probably, yeah, Kyle's freaking out right now. He wants picks. Um, but this is the follow. This is the reason I'm reading it. Normally, I'm not always doing these. He said, uh, when it does get rolling, that Kyle and myself have a round or two on him. All right. And some merch. Visors, Kyle. This guy's oh, he is going send, with visors. Fuck yeah. 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 Kyle's so excited. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle and I talked about this off the air afterwards where he was like, yeah, dude, you know. Like I think he's I think he's really on to something. I'm already imagining the color of it. This is great. I know. I don't know. I I don't know what the rules are on that kind of thing, you know? Like, can you just start one? Is it a food truck, but then you can just have a a mobile bar? I thought liquor licenses were like addresses because there's a spot I just moved into across the street. There's like an empty place and it says it's got a liquor license already. So if you wanted to move in there. So I was wondering if like it's like tied to an address. I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah, the liquor I, license game is like one of the hardest things to be in it just from like the very limited background that I have of knowing people who have to get them. Yeah, all my friends had them, you know, for the bars back in Burlington. So it wasn't wasn't that hard. Um, one guy got in trouble and uh, then they threatened to take it away from him. So um, a lot of times that's what you're buying. You're right. Like, you know, whether it's extending the lease or, you know, buying, I think there are going to be so many places that are closed next summer or this upcoming summer, like places that are still hanging on. And that's the thing that, you know, of, of the many things that have sucked in the last year, but 
I worry about the small business people too, because I just think that you've spent your whole life getting this thing open and you're going to probably make a bunch of bad financial decisions to do whatever you can to keep it open. And obviously with people thinking, Hey, maybe this will be a couple months. And then it's like, no, everything's closed again. I don't know. This outdoor seating thing here in my town's ridiculous. You know, they basically a bunch of these restaurants are going to stay open with outdoor seating and everybody was fine with it. And then a couple people on, on the town board said, nope. And then they started leaving the tables out there and you could do the takeout and just sit there. And then they shut that down too. But then supposedly in February, they're just going to let everybody do outdoor seating again. So I don't, I'm not trying to go on some rant and complain about it all. It's just, I don't really know what's going on. All right. Uh, let's pick one more here. Uh, this one's not an advice podcast is great. Happy for you. you commented recently how hard you work on your legs and that it shows we just, we just went over this. So this is my fault. Um, he's like, I wasn't entirely convinced. I did some research and sound, found a pick from 2014, 2014. And I was shocked. Um, they're goddamn statuesque. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, government contractor, early forties working. Uh, whoa, this guy's over in, uh, Afghanistan with COVID and troop withdrawal back of hangers become a makeshift gym. All parties working program roughly 60 day on 60 day off rotation i guess that's what they're saying here 60 day on um so people come and go all the time new group arrived few a uh, few days back and this morning have this guy working out shirtless in this shit ass gym um for me i'm like what the fuck pretty disgusted co-workers not so bothered i work 12 hour shifts seven days a week and most of that is in the hangar is it or is it not just bad etiquette Guy also scoots around on electric skateboard thing board with one big wheel. So maybe just pegged him as a douche from the beginning. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> there, I was going to say there's a lot. There actually isn't much here to this. So I, I don't think, I, you know, would I like it better if you could not wear a shirt at the gym? I actually would. But would I do it? No, I probably wouldn't do it. Like, I think it's funny. and I think it's kind of awesome. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't know. I, it's 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 kind of a I can't believe I don't know I, I'm very split on it because I wouldn't do it because it's such a bad move even though I'd love the option does that make any sense I don't think that makes any sense there's already gym tanks that are so close to not wearing a shirt like that should just be almost as good of an option I'll leave you with this when ESPN <laughs> I used to work out in that gym all the time because the first you know few years that I was living in the hotel uh Skip Bayless and I staying in the same hotel for three years. Um, you know, I would go to the ESPN gym and my schedule back then, you know, was, was pretty erratic. So you never quite knew. And I, you know, had a membership back at a place in Boston where I missed that pickup hoops, uh, lunch game so much. It's unbelievable how much I missed that game. So, um, I, <laughs> I like to wear like shooting tanks. You know, I have an NC state one, Chris Corciani. For whatever reason, some guy was the GM of some like semi-pro league and he he had all the stuff he was throwing out. And he was like, yeah, Chris Corciani was signed to the team for a while and he left his NC State practice jersey. He's like, do you want it? I was like, are you shitting me? Of course I want that. And so I would work out in that. And that's funny because now everybody's on the tank thing. Like the tank thing's totally cool now. ESPN would constantly get the people, not ESPN, ESPN. It wouldn't be like, hey, Jimmy Pataro's on the phone. He wants to talk about your your your, uh, your gym attire. But I would get asked to put a shirt on <laughs> at the ESPN gym. And I did another thing there where there was like a vertical jump testing thing. And so you had to like take the Velcro piece and put it on the Velcro part of the wall. And I was just slamming into the wall, testing my vert and, uh, the female trainer came running out. She hated me. She came running out. She's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm testing my vert. Like, why is this here? If I'm not supposed to test my vert, why have it in the first place? Like, you know, it's right here. It has all the numbers. And so, yeah, they, uh, they constantly were like, Hey, you need to put a shirt on. I think one time they made me put on like a gross lost and found thing. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I, I, I honestly felt like they were like <laughs> hazing me a little bit. And then they took out all the benches too. All the benches. Chris Cotter was beside himself. It was just like, okay, you guys did this. Like, you put all these racks in. It's a little bit more CrossFit here, but like, there's no, you can't just keep one old man bench in here. It's like, this is you not that keep kind it. of gym. <laughs> yeah, right. And it, I felt like they were doing it to prove a point. Like, oh, it's not even functional. You're like, okay, all right, yep. 
well, you kept the incline, but not not a flat. Like there was no actual flat area. Um, well, they had some dumbbell ones over there. Okay, for a guy who said he didn't want to talk about the workout thing, that's literally all I did in this one. So not the greatest life advice. We'll make up for it later this week. Enjoy the week, everyone. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.